Welcome to Port City Politics. I'm WHQR News Director Ben Shackman. And I'm WECT investigative reporter Michael Pratt. And we're here with our guest, Andre Brown, who is chair of the New Hanover County Democratic Party. Andre, thanks for being here. Hey, hey, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so we just kind of wanted to do a follow-up with you. You're our second guest on the show. So again, thank you for, uh, for joining us here. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about your reactions to the local uh local elections. Um, and we can kind of get into the bigger with General Assembly races if you want. But I think the first place we want to start is with the New Hanover County Board of Education, where we saw a uh, frankly surprising sweep um, where all four Republican candidates took the uh, took the seats that were up for grabs. Um, what is your initial reaction to these? Well, I think you described it best. Surprised. Um, by, you know, by the sweep, I can say that in that race, that was, in my opinion, a prime example of the phrase, united we stand and divided we fall. Um, the Republicans, they ran as a team and we, we did not. And it cost us at the polls. So do you think that that is, uh, in terms of running as, because we did talk with Will Connect um, two weeks ago um, about that, and he did talk about, you know, that running as a, um, as a united front here. Is that something that you have tried to do, um, or is it something, you know, looking towards the future here? Um, you know, municipal filings are coming up very shortly. Election season never seems to end. In, uh, in New Hanover County here and in southeastern North Carolina as a whole. Um, is that something you plan to look forward to in the future in terms of um, running as an entire slab for candidates? Yeah, no, absolutely. And since day one, I was elected uh, chair of the Democratic Party back in April of 2021. And that's the message that I have you know, tried to spread. And I think most folks in our party have as well. Um, but we were not successful with some of our school board candidates. I mean, we held victory workshops where we would have candidates, local candidates, and uh, statewide um, candidates as well. And I distinctly remember our former first vice, uh, Dolores Rhodes, when we had our school board candidates on and, you know, just um, articulating and ex expressing and encouraging our school board members to our candidates to work together. And we had three who were present. I'm not going to name like who, mm -hmm. who they were. One had to be rescheduled for uh, the next workshop. And um, she, you know, Dolores was encouraging the candidates to, you know, to work together. And, I, you know, I'm there and I, and I asked uh, the, the question, okay, okay, raise your hand if you, were, if you will support all four candidates. And only one of the three raised their hands. Oof. Which was disheartening mm -hmm. um, to you know to to witness. So how do you combat that in the future? I mean, obviously, uh, even with the even with the GOP, you had candidates that uh, were more. Had, obviously, there's going to be differences of opinions, but how do you uh, move forward and try and get that cohesive uh, candidates? To work together and to to appeal to everybody. I mean, is 
there's not one size fits all solution, but what can be done to, to do that? Well, I think for one thing, that's, I mean, that's a really good question. It depends on first who you're, the individuals that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that plays a big part of it. And I think that our school board, they, the current board, did some really good work, positive work. I mean, they brought in, I think, Dr. Faust is someone, a respectable um, superintendent. They have a Title IX a committee. Um, I think they focused on DEI. And I don't think that they really got the credit that they deserved. And on our side, when we have a Democratic majority school board, some of our candidates were only critical of of the current board. Mm-hmm. So if you really think about the message that you're sending, if you're running in the school board race as a Democrat, and you're only attacking the current board, that's, you know, which your party, you know, has is holding the majority. Right. And we, we saw that at our candidate forums as well as on the during the board meeting. So I think that's a great point to uh, to bring up. Yeah, another thing I wanted to ask about, because I honestly don't know if this is an anomaly or if it speaks to something bigger, so I'm just curious how you think about this, was um, we saw some significant outside spending on behalf of Democratic candidates from uh, NC Progress Action. actually just got off the phone with Jess Gillette earlier this morning uh, asking her about this. Um, about $120,000 uh, supporting the full slate of Democratic candidates and opposing the Republican candidates. And that represents a good third, at least, of the total campaign spending that we were able to track down. Um, and it doesn't uh, doesn't look like it really moved the me- needle as much as you would expect spending like that to really land. Um, do you have any thoughts about you know what happened there? I can't. Um, I'm not. I don't know enough about the the campaign financing with the school board. I can say though the general. Um, I guess the thought anecdotal messages or thoughts that I receive from people who are you know, not political, not really a part, or who are not even affiliated with a particular party, was that this current board is dysfunctional, and any you know uh, they wanted to vote for anyone except for the incumbents, and that really, and I think that really hurt us because you know our lowest you know our two candidates with the you know, the lowest number of votes were incumbents and the Republican side Pete Voderbor I think was the second vote getter so it, you know that did not um, translate to fewer votes uh, for him um, also school board races uh, when you think about down ballot we're in a, like a quirky county it's hard to figure out New Hanover County um, because you have Sherry Beasley a black woman at the top of our um, ticket, who's running against a white man, a Republican, and wins New Hanover County. Like we're the the blue county in the you know the U.S. Senate race, surrounded by like an ocean of of red. And you come down, and you um, you even go through the judicial races, the statewide judicial races, the Court of Appeals, North Carolina Supreme Court, and um, every Republican in New Hanover County and statewide, but won their election by small margins. You know, we're not mm-hmm. talking about a couple hundred votes, but, you know, winning is winning, if, you know, even if it's by one vote. And so if we're in unison as a party behind Sherry Beasley, why are we not, why is, not, why is that not replicated down ballot? 
Yeah, that's a that's a great point, and I think part of that that I at least saw on um, on social media for sure, and I did hear it from a couple people, but mainly on social media, I saw um, people posting, "I'm only supporting two of those candidates um, within the within the Democratic Party," which um, obviously people are should be voting their conscience and voting how they see fit. However, when you have uh, when you have Democrats that are abstaining from voting purely because they don't support um, some of the candidates, I mean, that that truly is going to harm uh, the outcome of an election for uh, regardless of party line, that's going to hurt the election. Um, is that something that you've seen with other races or seen in the past now? Um- since I've been chair, I've I've, yeah, I've mainly seen I've only seen that probably with the with the school board, um, and I, I just hope that this is a wake up call like for us, mm-hmm. and uh, to um, understand just how important elections are and every vote, um, every vote counts, and that we we're on the same team. You know, we don't all have to like one another, we don't all have to agree with one another, but when it's time to cast those ballots. We, you know, we need to fall in line and um, not doing so gets us the results that we have with the school board. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the final question I have about school board in particular is um, some of these candidates that did win. Um, so school board elect uh, members have been very outspoken um, on certain. I mean, we're seeing it nationally as well. Um, some of these hot button issues we're talking about. Um, uh, books, what what should be allowed in in libraries, and having you know parents involved uh, or more involved over saying what's allowed, what's not in schools. Um, in terms of you know those sorts of topics um, and the possibility now with a Republican majority, I believe board. Um, what are your some of your concerns, if any? Um, regarding, you know, possible Im- implications for future uh, students, for what's taught in schools. There's been pushes against uh, critical race theory has been a hot topic that I think a lot of people don't actually know what it is. I guarantee um, they don't. So, you know, these these are all buzzwords and things like that. And they say, oh, we're going to come out and forbid uh, forbid. CRT, even not knowing what it is, because I've asked some of these candidates, like, explain it to me. Um, and they really can't. So in, in terms of impacts and implications, what are you, um, I guess, on the lookout for? Um, and what would be, I guess, some of your fears or concerns that might happen now? Well, like, so banning the books, yes, that is an issue that that comes up. It's almost as if like, some of the conservatives want to only, I guess, in terms of history, let's take history, for example, only tell one side, you know, or the good side of history. And so what are we really teaching our young people? You know, because they should learn from the mistakes that were made um, before, you know, even, you know, with our generation. So, I think tr- trying to control the narrative of what is taught is is, da- is dangerous um, because we being I didn't realize this when I was in school, 
Um, and I remember a teacher, a teacher saying this, because I was wonder, you know, I'd wonder, okay, why do I have to learn like algebra or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know? And it's because it's important to be exposed to different ways of thinking, and um, that's what we that's what we lose when we begin banning books, um, and and I guess something else that I'm really concerned about is the um, the racial segregation of our schools. I was very fortunate. You know, I grew up in Hanover County, born and raised, and I, I call it that, that sweet spot because it was, you know, it's in the 80s and 90s. So it was after, you know, integration had begun, but before schools were, um, and throughout the country, not just mm-hmm. here in New Hanover, were segregated again. So yeah, I'm concerned about, you know, how our students, especially our, our kids of color, our low-income students, um, how they're going to fare, um, are their needs going to going to be met? Um, I'm concerned about our LGBTQ, LGBTQ um, students as well. Will there be policies in place that discriminate against them as well? Uh, something of concern. Uh, Dr. Faust, um, who's you know been under attack, I believe unfairly. Um, he could be targeted. I think there have been some some statements made by some of the Republican candidates. Um, uh, regarding his status as superintendent, so that's you know, something that I, you know, I definitely um, want to keep an eye on. You know, Dr. Faust is our first Black superintendent of New Hanover County Schools. Um, so those are some general like concerns. Sure, um, I, I think that's it for me from uh, regarding school board candidates. Yeah, I mean, we could spend way too much time on that, but we'll we'll have another four years to look at these candidates uh, as they become elected officials. I do want to ask, in broader terms, you know, I think sometimes we in the media are guilty of representing races that if they fall outside the recount margin, it's a blowout. But you still had like 48% of the county show up to vote for a Democratic candidate. So what I always look at is what about that portion of the registered voters who didn't show up, who easily, easily could have changed the outcome of this race. I mean, I've seen it all over social media, you know, Republicans sweep school board, total blowout, Michael Lee crushes Marsha Morgan, but we're really only talking about a couple thousand votes. So how do you think about that and and about those people who just didn't make it to the polls or to a post office? Yeah, very, very good point, uh, Ben. So, and that's, you know, that responsibility falls on me too. So it's my job as the chair of the Democratic Party to get those voters to the polls. And that's where we came up short. Um, and you're right, we're talking very small margins of, of victory in you know, Marsha's race against Michael Lee, um, Amy Deloach's race, Ted Davis, and even the school board now, because it's a sweep, but you're, even, you're talking small margins there. You know, just a couple of thousand votes, I think, what is it, maybe 2,500 votes. Um, separate like Veronica I think, from the top vote getter, or for the, well, don't quote me on that, um, but from being successful, just you know, a couple of thousand votes. We have a, a one hundred and about one hundred eighty thousand registered voters in New Hanover County, and you're right, just a little over half got to the polls. So for us, you know, we're going to have to go back and review the data and um, put together, you know, a plan to. You know, empower and engage voters throughout the year and not just before an election so that you know we can have that electoral success sorry i know i said i had 
no more questions <laughs> about school board, but I am just curious about the politic politicization of the uh, of the school board, which is fairly new for me, and I don't know if I just hadn't been paying attention enough, uh, but it seems within pretty much since COVID hit, Board of Education meetings became like hotbeds for a lot of controversy, um, where it seems, and I, I believe I said this with uh, the GOP as well, it seems like a lot of people are putting personalities over the students and political uh, ideology over worrying about you know, they, they talk about what's best for the students, um, but the focus really seems to be on this national politics scale and, uh, you know, hot button topics of debate that they might know a lot about or might know nothing about, but it still uh, turns into a talking point for these candidates. Have you seen, uh, and I know you've been chair since 2021, so you have seen that uh, that political side of school boards. But in the past, I mean, has it always been this political for school board races? Not that I'm aware of. I know but four years ago, we had almost the opposite like turnout mm-hmm. in 2018, where we had a majority uh, Republican school board for about 22 years or so. Mm-hmm. And we had three Democrats who were elected and one Republican. And that was Bill Reifenbark, who's now in the county mm-hmm. commissioners. So I, that I'm not sure. Not that I remember mm-hmm. it being politicized, school board candidates. I can say the culture wars, you know, have been around at least since the Brown v. Board of Education case mm-hmm. in 1954. Sure. So uh, we do have that, that history and I'll say fear works. If you can instill that into your electorate that something's bad's going to happen and there's certain people or scary come out and vote or there's going to be certain change that we know you're not going to be comfortable with, um, it tends to get people and get uh, voters to the polls. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've seen that. Uh, it wasn't quite the red wave that... Uh, people were talking about on the national or even state level. Um, but, y- you know, that is something we've seen on both sides is fear will drive people to the polls um, when you use certain types of rhetoric. Now, in terms of other local races in the area, um, especially for the uh, General Assembly, I mean, it just seems like it's the, well, it doesn't seem it is, it's the status quo. Um, I mean, we, we've seen that several years in a row now Um with, you know, a few minor upsets in a couple races. But, um, you know, for the General Assembly here, anything surprising to you with, with how that turned out? Surprising? Well, we, you know, we're we coming to win mm-hmm. every race, um, every, you know, every year. Um, I can't say necessarily that I was surprised. I know that there was at least one poll um, the state party indicated that Amy DeLoach was ahead slightly, and this was like the day before ele- the mm-hmm. election day. Um, I don't think Marsha ever polled ahead of Michael Lee, uh, that I'm aware of at least. So I can't say there was really a surprise at the general election. Mm-hmm. Now, the this, this Senate seat 
you know, that we know that that could go either way. You know, Carper Peterson flipped it mm-hmm. uh, back in uh, 2018, I believe. 18, yep. And then Michael Lee flipped it back to Republican. Mm-hmm. So that is one. I know that at least that the state is really, um, the, the state Democratic Party um, really puts resources into because that is one that you know, the Democratic Party can win. I guess my last question is, we're looking now at the municipal elections coming ahead. It's technically a nonpartisan election, but certainly not politics free. But at the same time, it's hard to see maybe the same kind of divisive issues that drove people out to the polls at the school board cropping up at city council. A lot of what they do is more functional. I mean, I, I, the comparison would be to, like, to the New Hanover County Board of Commissioners. You know, there's not a lot of – there's fewer scare tactics when most of what you do is land use decisions. Although you can certainly scare people if you say you're going to put a moratorium on housing, for example. Yeah. Um, but how do you, I mean, how do you think about the upcoming municipal election and sort of what are your, what are your plans for that? Well, first we're going to, you know, put together quality candidates and qualified candidates to, to file, you know, just kind of discuss what are the most important issues to voters, to our voters, uh, to, to support them. And, and, and you're right, Ben, um, like on the local level, it's so important that we have candidates who can work together well. Uh, I know an example that I have used before is, I suppose, what if the waste management doesn't get funded and her trash does not get picked up? Um, I, I think, you know, that would be, I think most of us would have an issue um, with that. So, you, you know, the, the city, county, you know, has to pa- pass a budget and, um, we are just focused on, you know, having you know candidates who have you know, progressive values and have, you know, who fall, fall in line with the general ideology of the Democratic Party to help make our city, you know, better for everyone. Sure, and in terms of cohesiveness, you know, the school board, I would say, is a um, extreme example of dysfunction, um, which I think is a fair word because everybody on the school board, I think, at one point or another, has called it dysfunctional. Um, on the flip side, and Ben and I have talked about this before, um, with the county commissioners, a lot of it seems to be go along to get along, and we don't see any, uh, or hardly any, you know, with the with the sale of the hospital and excluding that, um, I think it's been a pretty cohesive board, but at the same time, um, you know, specifically, we've had a lot of uh, issues with the current chair, uh, chairwoman, Julie Olson Bozeman, who is, uh, who has not been reelected, but people have been even hesitant to speak out against, uh, you know, some of the allegations. And, uh, obviously they, they spoke with their votes during the, uh, primary, but do you, what are your thoughts on never having any discussion or controversy? I mean, again, the, the hospital sale is the last big thing I can think of, um, but other than that, it just seems to be go along to get along, and that doesn't seem necessarily healthy either in terms of uh, boards almost appearing to rubber stamp um, motions, issues, rezonings, all sorts of different things. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think that's why, that's why we have elections, and that's why we have you know, advocates who can come and support a particular um, issue. Yes, you're right. I mean, you're right about the, the hospital cell. Um, it was not put on the, you know, the ballot for referendum. Um, it, you know, based on, I guess, anecdotal mm-hmm. <laughs> evidence, 
uh, I don't think it would have passed. Um, but again, you know, I'm just speculating here. And there is, yeah, there is this perception in certain um, certain communities that that's what's happening. But that's why we have to remain like engaged too, because um, we can do something about that. And again, a municipal election, we can mm-hmm. vote for candidates who who we believe to, you know who will vote our values. Um, I, you know, I support our two our candidates, mm-hmm. Jonathan Barfield, Rob Zappel. I think they're doing a, a fine job, um, and I hope to get them some more help. Sure. So uh, my final question with uh, with all this, I think that uh, kind of covers a lot of ground here. In terms of you know, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, Jonathan Barfield, Rob Zappel, do you does the does the Democratic Party stay uh, in constant conversation with certain votes coming up, or once elections are over, do you kind of stay hands off? I've never worked uh, for any political party, um, so I don't know the inner workings, so to speak. Um, do you you know stay in contact with these uh, you know elected officials, or once they're elected, is that kind of hands off from the party? It depends on on the issue, like the hospital, and this book that was that vote was before I was chair, right? Um, so yeah, if we're hearing a lot from Dems, hey, this isn't this is an issue that we you know we support or we do not or we have concerns about, and you know we can bring like take Rob Zappel for instance, like Rob's very involved like with the party and you know attending meetings and being you know very active, so he can inform us as to to what's going on. I would say with the daily votes, um, uh, and, and the va- the daily uh, like business of the of the um, public body no we're not involved in, at that level or you know that closely interesting all right well, i think that just about does it i know um you have work to do because election season is never ever over anything else yeah. you wanted to add yeah yeah well i would like to thank all of our democratic party volunteers you guys were awesome and voters thank you so much for what you're doing and um let's stick together and um have some more success in the future. Perfect. All right, Andre Brown, chairman of the New Hanover County Democratic Party. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Take care. All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of Port City Politics. We're putting this podcast out a couple days early so you can catch it before the Thanksgiving holiday when we just want to remind you to be nice to your relatives, even if they are crazy. Uh, Stay off the road if you've been drinking or just are sleepy from a lot of turkey, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, we'll see you then.